Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore a nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illnesses. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors, as well as some medical schools and hospitals, such as the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Thyroid, Small Gland, Big Responsibilities. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Aubrey. This is going to be an interesting show because um, they say that one out of eight uh, women... Uh, has a thyroid problem. The problem is they say 60% of women don't even know they have it. And I have to say, wait a minute, if you don't know they have it, how do you know 60% don't have it? (laughs) How do you know that 50% of women don't have a thyroid problem and 90% of them don't know they have it? So that's my first, that's my first question. Um, Where, where do they get these statistics from? And if you say 60% don't have a problem or do have a problem but don't know about it, how, how is that possible? Um, if you, if you, you quandary that, do you have any concerns about the number of women who might be having some thyroid problems? I think that it's probably much higher than what we have an understanding for, especially when we start thinking about like, well, what is the, the thyroid involved in? You know, we have to talk about how it influences hormones and also, what are the factors that contribute to thyroid function, whether it's sleep, sexual function, cell growth, metabolism, what kind of stress we're under, where's our body temperature at, um, you know, blood pressure, all of these in our diet, all of those factors contribute to how well is our thyroid able to function in, in the first place. And so I'm not surprised that there's such a variability within the statistics around the conversation. Well. <laughs> Especially, you know, we did a, a session a couple of weeks ago on the COVID and uh, two big studies from UCLA and from Stanford Medical School found that 90% of people had a very inif- indif- uh, inadequate diet. I mean, mm-hmm. not just, not, just a, 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 not a good diet, but a bad diet. And another one from the National Cancer Institute There was a study of 16,000 people, age 2 to 80. They could not find one person with a healthy diet. So when you have those kinds of statistics about people's metabolism and the lack of nutrients, how do you say to me only one in eight women? Because women are are the primary. Men have thyroid problems too. But how how do you say that only one in eight? So I'm glad we agree on that particular problem. And that highlights the fact that a couple of weeks ago, I had a dear friend of mine uh, email me and, and said that his, uh, his daughter, who is a senior uh, in the uh, University of Florida, uh, 21-year-old, uh, was diagnosed with uh, thyroid uh, cysts, five of them, five cysts on, on one of the nodes. And he said the doctors said all they wanted, they wanted to operate, take the thyroid out. 
and I just thought, no, I, I, I said, I can't, I can't give you strict medical advice, Michael, but what I can tell you is there's a lot of options that, 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 that she should be looking at. And so we've been exploring those options. In fact, that's one of the reasons why this problem, this topic's probably on the show right now is because I got so deep into the research on it that I thought, oh my God, there's even more here than I thought there was. And so maybe this would be a good radio show for us. So I've, I've put together a protocol uh, for he and his daughter to work on to try to get that thyroid functioning again and actually trying to uh, shrink the cysts. And there's studies out there showing that the right protocol of nutrients can actually shrink these, these cysts. And I thought, oh my God, it's so encouraging to, to find those studies. And so I thought, well, I have to share those sooner than later. So you mentioned some of the things that, um, that you thought were contributing factors. Uh, what do you think about radiation as, as a factor for the thyroid, as a threat factor and a risk factor? I think that it's a, a high risk factor. And I think, you know, we're still struggling to quantify how much radiation are we exposed to just environmental radiation. Um, and so, you know, I think whenever we get into the conversations around environmental contaminants and environmental exposures, it's a very, for me, it's a fine line and very tricky situation to talk about because there's not a great amount of data that shows you how, uh, severe is this uh, concern and you know how do we address it in a, a from a public health response well you know when chernobyl uh had their big uh, radiation leak at their nuclear plant uh, for the next 10 years uh thyroid cancer was rampant i mean it just was everywhere and uh, it then went into the, the dairy production process in a lot of countries uh, around Russia. And now uh, thyroid cancer is uh, emerging in those countries, in Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania. And so these are some of the things I think people don't know about that they should. That when, when you get an x-ray, if you don't have your thyroid covered, um, this could really do damage to your thyroid. So really be careful when you go to the dentist or the doctor and you get an x-ray or a CT scan. Make sure your thyroid is really covered. It's at the base of your neck. And you just want to make sure that that thing is, is covered 100%. And avoid those kinds of x-rays and stuff if you can. The other thing, uh, have you ever heard of the nickel toxicity? Uh, I did not hear about it until I did this last bunch of research. And apparently nickel toxicity is one of the major causes of people that have thyroid issues. Nickel is very, very dangerous uh, and deleterious to the, to the thyroid. And it's in a lot of cooking utensils like the stainless steel. You know, mm -hmm. if we, we think we're, gonna, we're eating good, uh, uh, we're, we're cooking with good utensils when we have stainless steel cooking utensils, but they add nickel to that and the nickel gets released in the heat. Of, of, of heating these foods, and all of a sudden we have nickel in our foods that we're eating. I mean, this just blew my mind. I, I hadn't heard about that before. I haven't heard about it either. I'm, I'm, I'm my mind's sort of wheeling right now because I'm like, wait. <laughs> like, I know. I mean, I've 
And well, I mean, I've always been familiar more with like the iodine in our food and then also birth control pills and then how it, our diets, which are really rich in excessive amounts of sugar, how all of that can can contribute to thyroid function. You know, and there was a research that was published. I don't know if you're familiar with this one, um, Charles. There's research that was published in June of 2020, so very recently, that was looking at the role of the thyroid gut access and how the microbiome is related there. And what they were showing was like that conversion um, of probiotics and specific nutrients, selenium and zinc in that gut microbiome, helped to convert T4 to T3. And so it's really influential when we're talking about thyroid function. Um, so it, there's just so many, I think to your bigger question here of like, when we go back to that principal statement you made about the statistics, it's, there's no way that it can't, it can just be one in eight women when there's so many uh, ways that thyroid function can be altered through environment, through diet, um, and through multiple exposures and different modalities. Yeah, and I know it goes it goes back to the testing again. You you know, in in Sarasota, we have a couple of doctors that they they they're they're more or less doctors for women's issues, and and when they come to the endocrine system, they refer to another uh, acupuncturist in town who's like the the uh, the endocrine system expert, and they go beyond the tests that they get for like TSH and T3 and T4. They do the antibodies test. There's about a half a dozen of these other tests, and then they get ratios for these tests, and it's the ratios of of these different antibodies and T3s and T4s to each other that are the real uh, the, the real determining factor as to whether you really have an issue or not. And so, f- for me, it, it it really is all about the testing. And again, you mentioned toxins. Well, no doctors are testing for this 8-OHGD test, which is the measure mm-hmm. of DNA damage in the body. And no doctors are not very many doctors are, are measuring the glycomark test, which is the best test for, for, for sugar. And how many are testing for Epstein-Barr? Be- yeah. Because now I have personal experience with this in my family where someone who had ovarian cysts and has a, 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 a damaged thyroid um, had birth control pills for 10 years and is now having the classic symptoms of an Epstein-Barr virus. But, but no one's testing for it. And because mm-hmm. Epstein-Barr is one of those things that it can actually eat the thyroid if it gets into it and starts to do its damage. So... I, I, I don't know. I think this is one of those things that I'm, I'm excited to know more, but I'm worried because if the doctors don't know this, then how can they be testing for the right things? And how can they find the women early enough? This, this young lady is 21 years old. I think, I think she's going to survive. I think she's going to be healthy because her, her father is really an advocate of this uh, functional medicine. And I think she's following already the diet and all the supplements that we recommended. I think she's going to be fine. But how many women don't have that kind of, of, of advice? Uh, we, we know that the thyroid problems are, are, are caused by inflammation. And yet a lot of doctors aren't, uh, aren't measuring C-reactive protein. And now, uh, for the work I've been doing the last couple of years, we know that specialized pro-resolving mediators, it's a supplement called SP. 
p.m. is actually the best resolver of inflammation in the body. Lots of doctors still aren't doing that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what kind of diet? I mean, I, I know you're my diet guru when it comes to this kind <laughs> of stuff. So uh, what, are, what are some of the things you think that uh, men and women should be paying attention to if they're going to keep their thyroid health, healthy? Well, I think that any t- form of artificial iodine needs to, you know, iodized sea salt really needs to be removed and moved more to a Celtic sea salt um, or a gray sea salt. And then also focusing on a diet that's rich in B vitamins. Um, and if you can't get that from diet because you are a vegetarian or you're vegan, then to supplement with that. But then it's the B vitamins are so important because they help with energy. But when we look at thyroid function, you know, iron, iodine, and copper, selenium, and zinc, these all are involved with inflammation, but also immune system function. They're soil-bound nutrients, though. So if we're not eating a diet that is rich in these plant-based compounds, then we're not going to have access to a lot of these nutrients. And, you know, you and I talk about this a lot, is that sometimes we can't just rely solely on our diet anymore based upon lots of factors. And so supplementation of those soil-bound nutrients can be really important. I also just think it's so important vital to reduce stress load and inflammation within the system. So adaptogens come to mind, um, curcumin or turmeric and black pepper because of the way that it alters inflammatory markers. Also chlorella or spirulina, which are sea algaes and bind to toxin exposures to go back to your uh, point about radiation or heavy metal toxicity. Those are things that are going to reduce the amount of circulating inflammation and help bring that body back into a state of alkalinity. But we can't just address diet when we talk about thyroid. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And when you mentioned stress, I mean, it's an, another one of the tests that I think people aren't getting is, is the cortisol test. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. cortisol is, is, a, is a hormone that also can activate in the adrenal glands w- whenever there's stress going on. And, and, and something else that I, I kind of knew this, but I really wasn't paying as much attention to it as I should until this, this case came up, is that, you know, this endocrine system, it has its own little homeostasis system where these different organs help each other. And so there's kind of like a dependency that if one's not doing the job that it should be doing, others try to compensate and try to take, uh, take some of the slack up. And so this is something that's really important because you can have your adrenals uh, impacting a lot of the endocrine system. And, you know, p- people don't realize that the endocrine system goes way beyond the, the, the parathyroid and the thyroid. It's the pituitary gland. It's the penal gland. It's the, it's the uh, pancreas and the sexual organs. I mean, they're all, everything that's producing uh, hormones is actually, actually controlled by the p- pituitary gland and a parathyroid gland. And so you, you, you just have to understand that, that this is a complicated system. These are small organs and small glands, but boy, are they powerful in terms of what they do or what they don't do if they're not working the way they should. Um, uh, what, what, have you found anything else that's, uh, that's really important in this area? I mean, I may, you mentioned birth control. I, I, I really like the work of, of uh, one doctor in particular who's found 14 factors that can influence it, uh, Dr. White's. And uh, the things that she says, I mean, it's pretty scary uh, that it, what's implicated here is osteoporosis, blood clots, and stroke, and gut, you've mentioned gut, gut flora, and the immune system, 
and uh, I know the body's ability to make muscle and sexual function. I mean, it, it, there's, there's so many things, and I don't think we're paying enough attention to this little gland uh, or Aubrey. I just I just think we need to pay a lot more attention to it. Um, what, what what do you think? As far as, as uh, people paying attention to some of these things like the sleep and stress and stuff like that, we can't diagnose it with symptoms, but if we get these tests, what, what, would, what do you think they should be asking their doctors when they get a diagnosis that has all these symptoms, but they're not figuring that this might be the thyroid? How can we get the, the patients to pay more attention to this? Well, I think, you know, it's becoming really intuitive and self-aware and asking deeper questions and remembering that allopathic medicine is set up to treat symptomology rather than to go towards where functional medicine and naturopathic medicine lie, which is addressing the root cause. And so things that would normally be discounted, oh, I'm having trouble sleeping, oh, maybe my metabolism was a little sluggish. Well, I've been really stressed lately. I'm having a lot of water fluctuations. Oh, I've been on this medication, birth control, on and off for years, right? Like these things that we may think are not related, when we talk about the thyroid, they're deeply interrelated. And so to start painting that picture for ourselves of being detectives within our own personal experience. And so when we get diagnoses to say, okay, I hear that. And also, where did my diet come into play with this? Where did my sleep come into play with this diagnosis? What about the stress levels or the cortisol levels that I currently have? How could that be related to something beyond whatever the diagnosis is? I think, you know, medicine has to move towards a, a companionship, a partnership between the person, the individual, the patient, and the provider. And asking these deeper questions is part of what makes functional medicine so powerful. Um, but that also means that we have to be willing to dig a little deeper and not take any type of diagnosis just um, at face value. I, I think that's fantastic. And I, I think that, you know, you and I always come up with a, a good formula, you eat the Mediterranean focused uh, plant diet and, uh, you know, take, take a few of the key supplements and do your yoga and meditation to reduce your stress and get the clear change from metagenics to detoxify. I mean, these are, these are things that you and I commonly recommend but I think, based on the research that I've been doing, I'm going to develop a new panel of, of, uh, for the thyroid. And, and I'm going to start with the physical neck exam, and then I'm going to recommend women consider an ultrasound so they can get a good picture of what's going on. And then the, the really good detailed thyroid blood panel, um, C-reactive protein, cortisol, homocysteine, the 8-OHGD, selenium, iodine, zinc, um, and the zinc copper ratio, because you know they have to be in combination with one another. Uh, the glycomark test, uh, even even the H pylori, pylori test, because a lot of the cases have been found out to have actually compromised uh, uh, linings in their stomach, and uh, not being able to digest their foods properly. And then we mentioned before the nickel test and uh, the, the the sexual hormone test and the gut test. So I'm going to put this together into a panel and I'm going to try to get more doctors to pay attention to it and get it posted at DHA Labs, our, our preferred lab, uh, so that the women can say, wait a minute, I'm having a lot of these symptoms. And we might, you and I can work on the symptoms list too, so that people go, I'm going to check off these 10, 12 things. If I get seven out of 10 or you know, eight out of 12, 
I'm going to maybe think about asking my doctor about this thyroid. And then I'm going to ask him about this thyroid test. So maybe we can kind of be pioneers in trying to get more attention to this. I must tell you that I have a personal experience with this. Uh, my DHA, my DS, uh, DS, DSH went up. And I couldn't figure out what it was. My doctor didn't know what it was. Um, my D3 was okay. Uh, my T3, my T4 was okay. My antibodies were okay. All the other things were okay, but the, the DSH was up. And I thought, you know what? I get, on a hunch, I thought maybe it's because I stopped running uh, about four or five years ago uh, because of my hip and, and my back issues. And uh, I was able to swim and, and do other exercises, but I wasn't able to do that kind of vibrating exercise that you can get when you're running. And I thought maybe uh, my thyroid, just like the lymph nodes need activity and the spine needs activity in order to be stimulating the, uh, the, the circulation. I have a sound wave therapy device called the Qi machine. And I said, I'm just going to put that 20 minutes on my neck in the morning when I get up. And I did that for two or three months. And then I did the, test, the blood test again. My, DHS, my DSH went down 40% in just three months. So wow. I asked my doctor about it. And then I did some research. And sure enough, there it was, exercise as a factor for improving thyroid function. And that means if you can't run, uh, then the rebounder is, is another way to do it. Just 10 or 15 minutes jumping up and down on a rebounder can get your thyroid the kind of activity that it needs in order to make it circulate to get the toxins out and get the nutrients in. So I thought that was, that was worth mentioning because that's kind of a little in-house experiment that I'm doing. I'm hoping the next time I do the test that the, the TSH will be totally normal. And uh, then I'm going to write a little case study about uh, exercise and the thyroid and, and see, see how that goes down. Is there anything else you would like to add to the, to the discussion today to, 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 to advise people, especially women, since you are one, um, and you can probably give me better advice on these kinds of things than, than, uh, than, than I can give to women. Is there anything else you would like to add um, that, that might be helpful when, when women are thinking about what they need to do to get their whole body, including their thyroid, into, into, better, into better health? Yeah, I think the big thing is to start paying attention to the body in the sense that our bodies give us a lot of information um, all the time and can be indicative of how we are feeling. And that plays a bigger role within what is going on cellularly. Um, and then this connection to mind, body, spirit, you know, women are notorious for being caretakers and to putting other people's needs in front of their own, which means that we're not prioritizing our own self-care, our own lack of sleep, our own stress levels. And so especially within the thyroid function, but within all health and well-being avenues that we discuss on this podcast of, you know, being willing to do meditation or stress reduction through exercise or deep breathing and then eating that diet that's really rich mediterranean plant-based has these great nutrients that we've already discussed but then that connection to the gut microbiome i just think cannot be overstated and so getting access to really good probiotics and prebiotics because that influences the gut brain connection it influences our neurotransmitters how do we feel about ourselves how do we engage with our um, environment around us i think 
if I can say anything about the thyroid is that, you know, recognize that there is place that the thyroid function impacts every area of our well-being, and it's not just related to weight gain or weight loss, and it's not just influenced by birth control or radiation. That there's a, a very small organ here that's doing huge things that are impacting the mind-body uh, wellness. Yeah, I think you. I think you nailed it. I think that uh, uh, you know, women are the caretakers, and and they are the ones that have to get themselves to be healthy first before they can help others to be healthy. And so, I think they're the ones that have to start this discussion with their doctors, and they have to just say, "Look, uh, uh, these are the things that uh, Aubrey and Dr. Benz mentioned on the show. Uh, the kinds of tests that uh, that I would like to have added." Uh, they have to become advocates, and and uh, they have to take responsibility. And you know what? It's about self-care. And and then find a good functional medicine doctor. I mean, do your search. If you have to drive a half an hour, an hour to find a good functional medicine doctor, make the trip because it's going to be worth it. Because as you've said several times, you have to treat the whole body. You just can't treat these illnesses one organ at a time. That's just not the way the body works. So I, I just think that you're right. The thyroid is small, but boy, is it a powerful organ. And it can do so much. And I think a lot more people have to do better in this area, much more than one out of eight that we talked about earlier. And so I hope we've given them food for thought. And uh, people say, well, you know, you're giving us a lot of information. And yeah, but it's all on tape. You can go back and listen to it as many times as you want. (laughs) And so I don't mind doing an information dump and just letting people know that we're going to tell you everything that we can share with you. And uh, one of the secrets to these cysts, by the way, is a thing called serapeptase. And serapeptase is an enzyme from the silkworm. And it's been used in a lot of wonderful things. And I've used it and helped uh, women get rid of their ovarian cysts. And uh, now we're working with these thyroid cysts. And it's a very powerful enzyme. And so it's part of the combination formula that I put together for this young woman. And all the things that you talked about, the spirulina, the curcumin, the boswellia, it's all there. The yoga, the meditation, everything that you and I have talked about today is on this protocol. And so I, I, I get the feeling that after I, after I talked to you, I thought, okay, Aubrey helped me make sure I had all the bases covered. <laughs> and today, you know, we have to give thanks to our, uh, our sponsors again. Uh, these are wonderful companies that have agreed to uh, pay the bill, so to speak, to get this program on the air. And I'd first like to mention uh, Southern Trust Financial Planning. They've been our financial planners for a long time, and they not only pay attention to your financial health, they actually pay attention to your actual physical health. And uh, they've been sponsoring workshops for me for 15 years uh, for their clients. Uh, so the clients get these wonderful workshops every year. Uh, from me so that they can keep themselves healthy and enjoy the wealth that the Southern Trust Financial Planning is able to help them to gain. Um, one of the other sponsors is DHA Labs. Again, they're my preferred lab uh, for every kind of test. Uh, they, they, they were born in the era of brain chemistry testing back 50 and 60 years ago, but now they're doing all kinds of tests for wellness and immune system and cancer and uh, wellness programs. I mean, a lot of my clients now use the DHA labs exclusively in combination with the artificial intelligence platform we have, which I think aired actually today, uh, which is you know a couple of weeks earlier than, than, uh, than this one will be aired. 
And the other uh, company, what company is Paddock Pools. Paddock Pools makes the healthiest pools because they have a vacuum extractor that takes out the chlorine gas, about 95% of it. And uh, this chlorine gas is the thing that can actually cause zinc uh, deficiencies and vitamin D3 deficiencies. And so they're making the healthiest pools for people of all ages because swimming is actually the best exercise for everybody at any age. And finally, uh, MPB Health. Uh, they have an alternative to uh, health care insurance, and it's medical cost sharing. It's kind of a, a commune. You know, you, you join their organization, and all the people there are health conscious, and they want to keep their health costs down. And so not only are administrative costs cut, but also uh, they negotiate all their fees so that they can, you can get the same fees as the insurance company gets, and even better sometimes. And so go on their site, MPB Health, and you'll see some videos. You'll learn more about it. Anybody who has an individual company or even a small group of employees, this is a really good thing to consider because you're always lumped in with a big group, and you have to suffer the group rates. Yeah, get into a group that has all healthy people in it. That's where you get the cheapest rates, and they can reduce their cost by about 30 to 50% depending on your age and your situation. But check it out, check out MPB Health because I think they're part of the answer for the solution of healthcare in the future. Thanks again, Aubrey. Great show, I liked it. I always like speaking with you, so thanks for everything you do. 